0: I'm Kamaya Truitt. This is the WNC Youth Podcast. Each summer at WNC, we hire a team of youth reporters from high schools in the Triangle area of North Carolina. This summer, in addition to reporting out stories from our community, we're exploring what is news. Our guest today is someone who tells stories to public radio listeners across the country. He's also someone that makes it very clear that what he does is not news.
1: No way is this the news. In fact, you could smuggle a vial of sperm from Snap Judgment Studios give birth to a child that looks exactly like her own Davy Kim, right down to his twinkly eyes, and you would still, still not be as far away from the news as this is. Glenn
0: Washington is the host of Snap Judgment, and he joins me from his studios in Oakland, California. How are you doing, Glenn?
1: I'm fantastic, Amaya. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. So why do you make that statement about the difference between your show and the news each week?
1: Well, we say this is definitely not the news because I'm actually looking at life from a different lens. Um, I don't really want to be anybody's reporter. Our stories are aimed at both the heart and the mind. And I want them to unfold as narratives. I want them to unfold as films, as movies. This is cinema of sound, movies of the mind. And I want them to be from the perspective of the person that are, that is living them, and oftentimes, when you do journalism, the journalism is the the journalist is the driver of the story. You see things through their eyes as they tell you the story, which is fine, which is cool, which is great sometimes. But for this show, I want the the first person perspective to be from the person living. The story, um, because I think it changes the way we see it, and um, so I say, I say each and every week, this is not the news, because I want I want everyone to put on a different hat. I want them to to uh, we're trying to put you in someone else's shoes to see the world through someone else's eyes, and um, hopefully our storytelling reflects that.
0: Right. So what is the process in um, writing these stories and allowing these characters to speak through the radio and like breathe and live?
1: Well, the process, I mean, it's varied, but it starts with these amazing talented producers that we have here at Snap that, you know, go, go out into the world and, and find these stories, real people, real stories. Um, you know, real life is stranger than fiction. Uh, we, we, it's so funny because oftentimes people will say, "Did that really happen? That really happened?" Uh, a story that I've told or a story we've told on the show, and almost invariably, uh, we've had to tone down what happened rather than amp it up in order for believability. Even though we're we're hearing this from a first person who just did this crazy thing or experienced this amazing event, and um. It's a, uh, it's, it's just, I, I just think it's, it's uh, it's amazing. Like the, the, how the the process is starts, you know, uh, we're talking to people, we're speaking to people who maybe they've lived an amazing tale, but maybe they're not the best storyteller. Maybe they are, uh, our producers go out and at the end of the day, you know, several hours of interview and and research and you know just and and then trying to pair that with music, that becomes you know ten twelve fifteen minute story. hopefully the work that goes into it is invisible,
0: yeah, yeah, I can only imagine how long it takes to just combine, especially the hip-hop vibe with the the stories and making it sound right and getting the like right sounds to go with the scene at the time. It seems really intricate, but it's all very, very dope. So you call your storytelling um, storytelling with a beat, and it sounds a lot like hip-hop to me, and I was wondering, um, how did you come up with this style, especially from your background and fast-forwarding to
1: now? Um, the style of the show. You know, there was an idea that um, any community I knew anything about, um, I I saw it being poorly represented in the media at large, and especially in public media. Um, And I wanted to be able to bring, you know, that what the the style, like I'm from Michigan. Uh, I grew grew up in Detroit um, when I wasn't living in the country (laughs) Um, that and you know, I'm a hip hop head from way back. And I wanted to see that that genre used for good. I mean, you you there's definitely been a, a plague of misogyny and other nonsense with hip hop. But what about the other side? What about the other aspect of that sort of hip-hop culture? And I want I I and I love the producers that we work with on the show these guys um you know there's a world hip hop vibe behind snap and it's there because these guys are amazing at what they do the sh- we produce about 32 new episodes a year and what they're tasked with is is you know because the basic idea of snap is tell a story and get all the boring pieces out <laughs> don't don't never never ever never 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 never, never, never ever bore me for anybody, and so in order to do that, that means you got to get right into the story. And in order to do that, the sound becomes really important—not just the music, but all of the various cues, the door opening, the 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 wind, the whatever it may be, because it's such an immersive medium. When you put your headphones on, you're diving into you know, a a world that we get to create. And that's a great, it's an amazing gift when someone does that, when they put their headphones on. All right, you take me where where I'm going right now. We we take that very, very seriously. And so from music to found sound to whatever, these guys are, are creating these soundscapes. And for an hour long show, and it's like creating 32 new albums a year. And I frankly don't know how they do it, but they do it, and it's it's a, it's a, like a dual narration aspect of the show. That stuff that you hear in the background that places you, that lets you know something's about to happen, that makes you wonder what's behind that door, that's just as much as part of the storytelling as uh, the voices.
0: Yeah, man. Boy. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear you say that. I'm sorry. I just had to fangirl real quick because that was very eloquently put. Um, right on. Um, so... Jumping back real quick, just how do you define news and where do you get it from?
1: Um, I think that it's an interesting question now because I think that news is actually being redefined, that there that the lack of there used to be at least um, lip service or homage play to a lack of bias. In news, and largely that's going away. That you people are wearing their bias when they deliver the news, and so, and it's and it's um, it's unfortunate because it uh, you people filter you filter out facts instead of um, you know. When you, you it's hard to make a, uh, a worldview, a worldview, a, a map of the world. So a way that you understand the world works when you don't have any facts or when you fail to take facts in account that uh, might challenge your worldview. And I, I find that the, that the news sources these days are I less and less fact and more and more rage and opinion. So... It becomes really important to get, you know, a variety of sources from things that, that uh, at least try to deliver a version of reality. And so it's re- so I think it's think exceptionally hard these days to get real good news. Um, I do it from magazines like The Economist, maybe from um, Vox, um, Ozzy.com. Um, but um, the New York Times and the Washington Post—I've loved how they've been battling each other out lately for scoops. And you know, I want to support uh, you know, newspapers. I think you, it's like you've got to support these organizations because they're under assault. If you find truth somewhere, make sure that you support it. Like um, your local public radio station. Um, it's really important because it doesn't. Uh, it's not automatic that that's going to be there. It's not there unless we support it. And the broader the, the information that you're getting is, the more valuable that becomes. Because any idiot, and there's lots of them that do this, can bray on about nonsense and give you their uninformed opinion. Um, it's stunning how commercially successful that is. But digging into what's really going on, that takes some work, it takes some resources, takes some knowledge, and, it, you know, it it takes some heart.
0: Since you're like an arsenal of wisdom right now, um, I just want to get any advice that you have for the seven youth reporters we have sitting in the room today, just about um, any advice you have about producing their first news pieces and um, any other wisdom that you may want to give
1: Oh, I think it's great that they're there. I think it's great that the station is supporting it. I really do. I think it's it's just a wonderful. And I think you know, it's not every station is doing this. And I think that the um, you all are to be commended for for really raising the bar. As far as advice for the for the young producers coming up, my biggest advice is to follow your curiosity. To follow your curiosity and and be willing to go back and ask, get that second interview and do that second follow-up or do that, that 15th edit, that work that goes into making your, your, the work invisible. You have to work very, very, very hard so that the work that you've done is invisible. And, but when you do, it really pays off for your listeners. You are able to take them somewhere they've never been before. And and you do that by taking yourself somewhere where you've never been before. So lean in, you know. You've got to really, that microphone is a passport to a lot of different places that you might not know exist. So use it.
0: Okay. And um, one of the kids, Lulu Bata, wanted to know, how has Snap Judgment contributed to diversifying the voices that we hear on the radio and on podcasts?
1: Well, um, I'm you know, thrilled to say that this is the most diverse staff, I think, in public radio, certainly in public radio, maybe in media. Um, and if other organizations are trying to emulate the sound or the, the perspective of SNAP, they can't do that without emulating the diversity of SNAP. And and a lot of, I think it's been a, a lead on, on a lot of different things. I mean, I, I get, I got sick and tired of answering that question. It's like, how do you attract diverse audiences? <laughs> you do it by starting with a diversity in your production staff, you know, making sure that people do see people or hear people that look like them. But let me, let me, let me, let me turn that on its head too. Um, I, you know, when we first started the show, I'm not, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't hesitate for a heartbeat to have Stephanie Foo, let's say, um, who is a young Asian female, go and speak to Maurice Bickham, who is an old black man. Um, that and 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 that happens all the time here. I I don't want to. I would never make it so that you only can cover the ethnicity or the gender or the community from whence you came. I actually think it's really good to mix it up. uh, Because oftentimes someone from outside the community is the best person to explain the community to a wider audience. Um, But they've got to do the work. They gotta they can't be scared to t- you can't be scared to talk to an old black man you can't be scared to talk to uh, a Mexican wrestler with uh who who's wearing a mask on a Sunday afternoon you've got to lean in and um, and and do the work so that the community most communities are not going to accept you immediately until they know that you do know something about them and that you have to done the done the work to do that it's not you just can't roll off the bus and go into a a uh fundamentalist mormon community and expect that someone's going to open up to you about plural plural marriages it's not going to happen gotta do that work first
0: right um, one last question. You've been wonderful today. Thank you so much for taking your time out to talk with me and the, with the rest of us because you're just a bundle of wisdom and greatness. Um, my last question is, what is your most favorite Snap Judgment story that you've done?
1: Ah, uh, wow. Well, you know, my favorite story that I've done is always the last one I've ever done. But um, because uh, it's like that saying, what's your favorite kid? Um but I like, I love, like, some of these romps when you, I get to kind of re, relive some of these ridiculous stories from um, kind of earlier days. And, um, and I had some crazy times. I think that telling stories from living in Japan, telling stories from living in Malaysia, um, they just, I, I, whenever I do that, whenever I get in the way, way back machine, it just puts a smile on my face.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and energy and advice. Um, We all really appreciate it. This was Glenn Washington, the host of Snap Judgment from WUNC. Glenn, thank you again so, so much for your time. I hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
2: I live in a three-room apartment in North Durham. Our home is filled with squeaky stairways and the sounds of noisy neighbors. I live with my older sister, her son, and the memory of my mother. Um, Right now we're in my room. Um, This is the room that my mother passed away in. That's my older sister, Denyatta. Our mom, Renee Green, died when I was 16. Denyatta was 18, which helped. Because she's a legal adult, we could choose to stay in this apartment and I didn't have to go into foster care. We wanted to stay, in part because it was the only home the three of us have ever known.
3: I let Spiderman ask me.
2: Javon is my sister's son. He was 15 months old when my mom died. In the years since, we've been keeping her memory alive for him with pictures that are all over our apartment. Javon calls her Gigi. Mom wasn't ready to be called Grandma. Hey Javon, who's this? Gigi. Yeah, that's
4: Gigi. And when she was what? It was smelly.
2: When she was younger.
4: Uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> we take care of our own needs do the cooking, pay the bills, buy toiletries. We made a life that fit us. Luckily, we had our godmother, Pearl McGill, to help us when we were down. After my mom passed, Pearl had a lot of worries.
0: I was concerned about the supervision that you'd have. I was concerned about whether or not you would stay in school uh, and all the things that can happen to young females, especially in the projects.
2: Pearl was right. Every day can be a struggle. We hear gunshots every couple weeks. Drug deals are made outside of my front door. Trouble was so frequent that my family and friends came up with a warning system to tell us when something is about to go down. Even so, it's still hard for my sister not to step foot outside our home. If I can just pick my whole apartment up and take him somewhere else, then I would be great. But I hate our environment because there's a lot of shooting out here. Um, it's not a really good environment. My sister is especially worried about her son Jayvon's safety. I actually take him somewhere else. It's like Duke Park or something and let him run around and play. It's a better environment and there's more positive people around. It's hard to venture outside our home in order to feel safe. However, even though the crime rate is high, we can still find family in our neighborhood. Close neighborhood friends like Adina McTeer wanted us to stick around after the death of my mother. I felt it was better for y'all to stay. Um, we grew a really close bond like sisters. Before mommy passed and, well before Renee passed and even now, I'm glad they stayed. Having friends to lean on in a time of need is something that's kept us going. Surrounding ourselves with positive influences made us feel, at times, we could do anything. People have doubts about me succeeding because I have no legal guardian and because I live in a hood. But I graduated school to prove to myself that I can defeat the odds. And the stands on my graduation day were Denyatta, Javon, my godmother, and the other members of the family that I have created. My sister kept my mother's spirit alive on that day. I was screaming for my mom and me and for everybody else who didn't make it. So I was doing a lot of screaming. My godmother Pearl never gave up on me. She was also there for me when I received my diploma from Northern High School. That graduation day was
0: one of the proudest days of my life. I thought, man, we did it.
2: After facing many struggles, we were still able to find great moments in our lives. By facing our fears and creating the family, we are ready to walk down the next road. Whether it leads to college or finding a new job, we can always find a way with the help of loved ones. With the Summer Youth Radio Institute, I'm Fantasia Walker, North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. That was Fantasia Walker, one of
0: the first youth reporters at WUNC. Her story was picked up by Snap Judgment five years ago. Sitting in the room with us today are the youth reporters who will produce our next batch of radio stories. We have Emmanuel Tobe, Lulu Bada, and Star Smith. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Well. Wow. Great. Great. So I asked Glenn, but I'm curious to know from you guys, um, how do you define news? We can start with you first, Star. Okay, so I define news where people agree with the statistics. I guess the personal aspect
4: of the article. Lulu? So I define news as information. I think in the word news, there's a really important, the the first three letters, new, something that uh, a new perspective, a new idea, a new event. Any way that that is brought to you is news. Any main.
3: Uh, I define news as important things happening uh, to you or to, you know, people that, that you care about, as well as things that you care about. Um, it doesn't have to be, like, anything directly affecting you, but if, you know, indirectly you see something and you care about it or it's in, important or interesting, I define that as news.
0: Cool. So, I feel like as youth reporters working with WNC this year, you guys have um, kind of a nice responsibility on your shoulders to tell the stories of the youth that you know adults often assume. So I want to know what is your role in broadening the um, diversity in media again, and then what do you hope to produce and bring to um, bring to WUNC? You can start off, Star. Well, I want to bring attention to things that I guess are kind of downplay in the community. Um, I Like believe, what? Like the poverty in Durham, I think it's kind of more so downplayed and, you know, not not everybody would like to talk about it, but there's a lot of different things that's happening and that people, you know, want to brush over.
4: Lulu. <laughs> so I hope to both challenge the stereotypes and acknowledge the stereotypes. Um, a lot of times we hear the stereotype about the angry black female and I want to see, you know, why, and I want to both challenge that, but then also sort of take a deeper look into that and not necessarily debunk it, but understand it more. Um, And then there was something one of the other youth reporters said in the beginning, Anthony, in the beginning of the program, he said, I want to make people uncomfortable. And I think that's a really, really good motto and trope to have, uh, take people out of their comfort zone with ideas and things like that. Yeah. Um,
3: I think for the program, um, kind of going back to what Glenn Washington said when he was saying that in order for us to really, you know, have a diverse kind of news and kind of talk about everyday issues about, you know, everybody, we have to have everybody on the radio. And I feel like uh, teenagers, you know, really don't get their voice heard often. Or if they do, you know, it's kind of downplayed or it's, you know, oh, that's just a teenager issue. Oh, it's not really that important. So I feel like, you know, getting, having the opportunity to come on the radio and say an issue that, you know, people have told me, oh, that's downplayed. Oh, that's not important. And talk about why it's important to me and, you know, why it's important to the people around me. I feel like that can be really powerful and hopefully get, you know, people to see why it's important.
0: That was Emmanuel Tobe, Lulu Bata, and Star Smith, three of our youth reporters that will be producing their first radio stories for our WUNC Summer Youth Reporter Institute. I'm Kamaya Truett-Martin. Thanks for listening.